He eats only very small morsels of food, and he becomes an invalid who cannot work anymore. So please repeat. Thus he remains at home. Just like a pet dog. And eats whatever is so negligently given to him. Afflicted with many diseases. Such as dyspepsia and loss of appetite. He eats only very small morsels of food. And he becomes an invalid who cannot work anymore. Before meeting death, one is sure to become a diseased invalid. And when he is neglected by his family members, his life becomes less than a dog's because he is put into so many miserable conditions. Vedic literatures enjoin, therefore, that before the arrival of such miserable conditions, one should leave home and die without the knowledge of his family members. If a man leaves home and dies without his family's knowing, that is considered to be a glorious death. But an attached family man wants his family members to carry him in a great procession even after his death. And although he will not be able to see how the procession goes, he still desires that his body be taken gorgeously in procession. Thus, he is happy without even knowing where he has to go when he leaves his body for the next life. Namo Vishnuvidaya Krishna Prashtaya Bhutale Srimate Bhaktivedanta Swamanuti Namine Namaste Saraswati Deve Gauravani Pacharine Nirvishesha Sunyavadi Pashtyatibe Shikarine Daishi Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhar Shri Vasudhi Gaur Bhaktivinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Om Jnana Tirandasya Jnana Shavakaya Chakshur
I first would like to beg, humbly beg the blessings of their lordships and Srila Prabhupada and Parvara and all the devotees here online, all the devotees, for the uh, mercy lessons to speak something Krishna conscious. So, uh, one uh, personality that came to mind when uh, reading about this uh, foolish uh, family man who uh, remains at home and attached is um, the, the uh, blind king Dhritarashtra. And in the first canto of Srimad Bhagavatam, chapter 13 is entitled Dhritarashtra Quits Home. So uh, we heard a little bit about these pastimes where uh, Vidura, he is the brother of uh, Dhritarashtra, and uh, he, Vidura had been on pilgrimage, um, and he came back uh, to his home because he wanted to deliver or help to deliver his uh, brother, Dhritarashtra, from uh, the illusory uh, energy. Uh, Dhritarashtra was very much trying to enjoy family life still, even though he was in the house of uh, Yudhisthira Maharaj. Um, and at one point, Dhritarashtra and his son, uh, Duryodhana, tried to uh, assassinate Maharaj Yudhisthira and all his brothers. And now, at this point, uh, after the battle, uh, here's the king living in the palace of one of um, his nephews that he tried to assassinate. They tried to kill them in a house of black. And, you know, so many plots were there. And so, in, in this way, Vidura is thinking, this is uh, just very abominable. <laughs> how, how can this be, right? So he comes uh, to, uh, to the palace, and everybody is so happy to see him. After Vidura ate sumptuously and took sufficient rest, he was comfortably seated. Then the king began to speak to him, and all who were present there listened. So, uh, Maharaj Yudhisthira is uh, speaking to his uncle, and he wants to know all about his, his pilgrimage, and he wants to know um, everything that's happened. As long as Vidura played the part of a Shudra, being cursed by Manduka Muni, our Yama, officiated at, at the post of Yamaraj to punish those who committed sinful acts. So Vidura is actually Yamaraj, the Lord of Death. And he, he wants a little break from that cumbersome, heavy-duty job <laughs> service of uh, being Lord of Death and having to, you know, condemn so many souls to hell. 
So he gets this special blessing from the Lord to come as Vidura and be part of uh, the pastimes with Krishna and the Pandavas. It's like a little retreat, but in one way, you know, it's, how could it be such a retreat with what he has to go through? He has to see his uh, brother and uh, nephew plotting against his um, beloved Pandavas. So this is quite quite a, a retreat that he's on, you, you could say, in this, in this uh, incarnation. So, uh, King Yudhisthira now, he's, he's reigning, you know, he's the emperor of the world, and um, he, uh, he's happy to maintain Dhritarashtra, his uncle because uh, Yudhisthira is very dutiful, as we were hearing in some of the classes, that he uh, takes it as his duty to maintain his uncle and aunt, Dhritarashtra and Gandhari, and uh, he doesn't see that he should do anything else. But Vidura sees that, actually, Dhritarashtra, at this phase of his life, he needs to go off to the forest, become self-realized, and, and leave his body in uh, God consciousness. This is actually what he should be doing. So here, uh, Vidura is addressing the king. My dear king, please get out of here immediately. Do not delay. Just see how fear has overtaken you. So, we're reading in these purports about this householder is acting, you know, as if he's a pet dog, right? So, it seems so abominable that if you are in the house of the, that person that you tried to kill, <laughs> it, it's like a, a, a dog's existence, you know, it's not even human to, uh, to be uh, taking and uh, taking service from the very one you tried to uh, annihilate. <laughs> so, so that's very doggish kind of thing. And, uh, so uh, in the purport, Prabhupada's saying that cruel death cares for none, be he Dhritarashtra or even Maharaj Yudhisthira. So, um, so this instruction that Vidura is giving, it also applies to Yudhisthira Maharaj, it applies to all of us, in fact, right? Because who knows when inevitable death is coming? So here we're seeing that <clears throat> this foolish man, the attached householder, is um, afflicted by many diseases and illnesses, so um, the description um, sounds like, you know, the uh, elderly, invalid um, personality who's afflicted at this phase, the older phase of life. But uh, truly, death can come at any time, at any age, right? So, so in that way, <clears throat> these instructions are very, very uh, applicable to everybody. If someone would like to look up um, dyspepsia, <laughs> what is this dyspepsia? So, so these are instructions for all of us. We may think, oh, that's just for the 
foolish, attached householder who's, you know, about ready to die. And I'm so youthful, but um, Prabhupada said that uh, old age is, means uh, about ready to die. No matter what age the body is, right? So we must be sick. So what is this dyspepsia that we've been reading about? Because it describes the pain or discomfort in the upper abdominal that has been defined variously by a number of different experts. Symptoms of heartburn and acid reflux, gastroesophageal reflux disease, GERD, oh GERD, that GERD disease, uh, reflux symptoms and symptoms suggested of irritable bowel syndrome. Okay, thank you. So, in other words, <coughs> body is breaking down and the old machine is like at it. <laughs> so this is pretty much where Dhritarashtra is at, his uh, particular situation. So uh, he's um, ailing, you see. And, um, but everybody, when uh, Vidura is speaking like this to Dhritarashtra, um, all the brothers, um, everyone in the palace, his mother, they're all listening very, very carefully to what Vidura is having to say because they know it applies to everyone, in fact. And, but they also did know that this is especially meant for, for Dhritarashtra, these in, in instructions. And Dhritarashtra, why especially? Because he's older and, you know, should be preparing for death. And he's also so materialistic. He needs to get some realization about um, how to be in the proper consciousness, be um, Krishna consciousness. So, <clears throat> Dhritarashtra, he was the eldest son, right, of, uh, of Vyasadeva. And um, so he, of course, we know he wanted to uh, be king or have his son be king. And so he was illegally um, on the throne, so to speak. And you know, even when uh, Akrura went to visit him, he uh, Dhritarashtra uh, was listening to all the good advice of Akrura, and he, Akrura was telling him, you know, this is illegal what you're doing. You would just usurp the, the throne. This is, this is wrong. And, uh, you know, you should not be doing this. So, but Dhritarashtra he, he knew. He said, well, you know, I know it's wrong, and I know my attachment to my son, that I would like to have as king, um, and I'm helping him to annihilate the Pandavas so he can be king. I know all this is wrong, but I can't help it, <laughs> because I'm so attached. And even that he knew, even he knew Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. He knew that. Although his son didn't know it. <laughs> Duryodhana didn't really get it. But anyway, so Dhritarashtra, he knows all these things, but he's telling him, I'm sorry, Akrura. This is before this conversation with Vidura. 
But he's telling the girl, I can't. I'm, I'm just too attached. That's where it's at. And I'm just going to be doing what I'm doing due to this attachment. Well, at least he admitted it. So there's something about him that, you know, is worthy of course. So um, <clears throat> there were all these imperial ambitions, right? Dreyrasta wanted to be the king. He contrived all sorts of intrigues with uh, his brother-in-law, Shikuni, who was <laughs> a big cheater and <laughs> really a demoniac. But, you know, everything failed by Krishna's will, even though Shikuni was like, he was so good with dice. You know, in the, in the movies, he like, he takes the dice in his hands. And he throws them. And he knows, you know, because of his cheating, that, you know, the right number is going to come up. And they're going to win, and the Pandavas are going to lose. You know, all this intrigue, just for ambition, materialistic ambition. So, but by Krishna's will, everything was failing. I mean, the Pandavas did go into exile and all these things. But when you look at the results of what Dhritarashtra and Duryodhana wanted to accomplish, eventually failing because if you don't have Krishna's blessings then that's it it fails so everything everything was lost Dhritarashtra and his wife Gandhari they lost all their sons a hundred sons right um, um, but he even at this point, he still was thinking he could maybe become king. You know, that Yudhisthira would just say, oh, it's okay, uncle. You know, you did so much for us, and, and you're, you're the elder, so you just be the king. I mean, Dhritarashtra was thinking, maybe, you know, there's hope for me. He's got all this dyspepsia, and he's, he's ready to, uh, to leave the body but he's still thinking of his ambitions. So um, Prabhupada's saying, Maharaj Yudhisthira, as a matter of duty, maintained Dhritarashtra in royal honor. He honored the very person who was trying to kill them. And Dhritarashtra was happily passing away his numbered days in illusion of being a king or the royal uncle of King Yudhisthira. Vidura as a saint and as the duty-bound, affectionate youngest brother of Dhritarashtra wanted to awaken Dhritarashtra from his slumber of disease, dyspepsia, and, <laughs> and consciousness, disease of the consciousness, and old age, Vidura therefore sarcastically addressed Dhritarashtra as the king, which he was actually not. But that's what he was thinking. Well, there's still chance, you know, at the fag end of life here. That honorable, noble Yudhisthira will probably just say, Uncle, take over. <laughs> 
Everyone is the servant of eternal time, and therefore no one can be king in this material world. King means the person who can order. The celebrated English king wanted to order time and tide, but the time and tide refused to obey his order. Therefore, one is a fake king in the material world. And Dhritarashtra was particularly reminded of this false position and of the factual, fearful happenings which had already approached him at that time. So death is knocking at the door and he's like happily in illusion in the dreamland of future king. <laughs> or at least my son. <laughs> One or the other. Vidura asked him, to get out immediately if he wanted to be saved from the fearful situation which was approaching him fast. He did not ask Maharaj Yudhisthira in that way because he knew that a king like Maharaj Yudhisthira is aware of all the fearful situations of this flimsy world and would take care of himself in due course, even though Vidura might not be present at that time. So then he's telling him, Vidura, this frightful situation cannot be remedied by any person in this material world. My Lord, it is the Supreme Personality of Godhead as eternal time, Kala, that has approached us all. So uh, Prabhupada's explaining in the purport that there's no superior power that can check the cruel hands of death. Of course, only Krishna can, can check anything. No one wants to die, however acute the source of bodily sufferings may be. Even in the days of so-called scientific advancement of knowledge, there is no remedial measure either for old age or for death. Old age is the notice of the arrival of death. It's like mercy. You know, hey, now you have a chance to prepare. This is very merciful, right? But who is, who is taking heed? It's, it's notice, and it's uh, served by cruel time. This notice is served by cruel time. And no one can refuse to accept either summon calls or the supreme judgment of eternal time. This is explained before Dhritarashtra because he might ask Vidura to find out some remedial measure for the imminent fearful situation as he had ordered many times before. So uh, Vidura is telling him, no, not now, no remedy right now, no remedy in this world. There's no such thing in this world uh, that's going to remedy this. And death is identical with the Supreme Personality of Godhead. This is said in the Bhagavad Gita 10.34. Would anybody like to 
look that up, 1034. So uh, death cannot be checked by anyone or from any source within this material world. And so we know even like Hiranya Kashipu wanted to be immortal. All, all these demons, they wanted to be immortal, could not be checked. So what is this um, 1034 from Bhagavad Gita? I am all devouring death, and I am the generating principle for all that is yet to be. Among women I am fame, fortune, fine speech, memory, intelligence, steadfastness, and patience. Thank you. So, um, okay, so we'll hear a little bit more of what Vidura is um, speaking to uh, Dhritarashtra. Whoever is under the influence of Supreme Kala, Kala, eternal time, must surrender his most dear life. And what to speak of other things, such as wealth, honor, children, land, and home. Your father, brother, well-wishers, and sons are all dead and passed away. You yourself have expended the major portion of your life. Your body is now overtaken by invalidity, and you are living in the home of another. You have been blind from your very birth, and recently you have become hard of hearing. Your memory is shortened, and your intelligence is disturbed. Your teeth are loose. Your liver is defective, and you are coughing up mucus. <laughs> Alas, however powerful are the hopes of a living being to continue his life, verily you are living just like a household dog and are eating remnants of food given by Bhima. <laughs> he tried to kill Bhima too, and the very person who's feeding him wanted to kill. There is no need to live a degraded life and subsist on the charity of those whom you try to kill by arson and poisoning. You also insulted one of their wives and usurp their kingdom and wealth. Despite your unwillingness to die and your desire to live even at the cost of honor and prestige, your miserly body will certainly dwindle and deteriorate like an old garment. He's called undisturbed, who goes to an unknown, remote place and freed from all obligations, quits his material body when it has become useless. He is certainly a first-class man who awakens and understands, either by himself or from others, the falsity and misery of this material world, and thus leaves home and depends fully on the personality of Godhead residing within his heart. Please therefore leave for the north immediately without letting your relatives know, for soon that time will approach which will diminish the good qualities of men. Thus, Maharaj Dhritarashtra, the scion of the family of Ajamida, firmly convinced by introspective knowledge, Pragya, broke at once the strong network 
of familial affection by his resolute determination. Thus, he immediately left home to set out on the path of liberation as directed by his younger brother, Vidura. So then Prabhupada talks in the purport of how important this is to have association of sadhus, devotees, so that uh, you can understand how to achieve perfection in life. This is very, very valuable. So these instructions um, are helping us to understand the importance of association of devotees and that we can be um, liberated from our uh, material illusions by this association and break out of this chain and prison of illusion. The gentle and chaste Gandhari, that's his wife, the king, Dhritarashtra's wife, who was the daughter of King Subala of Kandahar, or Gandahar, followed her husband, seeing that he was going to the Himalaya mountains, which are the delight of those who have accepted the staff of the renounced order, like fighters who have accepted a good lashing from the enemy. So intelligent, Gandhari, chaste Gandhari, she followed her husband, understanding the importance of uh, following uh, chastity and taking up uh, the proper path at the end of life. So, uh, of course, they've gone and without telling anyone. Um, and then Maharaj Yudhisthira, he comes to the palace to pay respects to his elderly uh, uncle and aunt. But then, where are they? Maharaj Yudhisthira, full of anxiety, turned to Sanjaya, who was sitting there and said, Oh, Sanjaya, where is our uncle, who is old? and blind. So he's thinking, maybe, you know, I didn't take care of him well enough. Maybe it was my fault that they went. So he's like lamenting. And then Sanjaya said, my dear descendant of the Kuru dynasty, it says to Maharaj dear, I have no information of the determination of your two uncles and Gandhari. O king, I have been cheated by those great souls. So then uh, Narada Muni, he appears on the scene and uh, he says, uh, O pious king, do not lament for anyone, for everyone is under the control of the Supreme Lord. Therefore, all living beings and their leaders carry on worship to be well protected. It is he only who brings them together and disperses them. So Narada is preaching to help Maharaj Yudhisthira understand uh, and um, prepare for other things that are up and coming, including the disappearance of Lord Krishna. Very difficult time for Arjuna and the Pandavas, and for all those who uh, love Krishna on the planet when he disappears. And then shortly thereafter, the Pandavas go north with Draupadi to uh, go north into the Himalayas and then go back 
to their um, their destinations in, in the spiritual world and to continue their eternal pastimes with um, Krishna because they, they are eternal associates of the Lord. And these pastimes, when they leave one universe, then they start up in another universe, and then another. It's the eternal road show. So um, we're very fortunate to get these instructions. We may not think we're like Maharaj or Dhritarashtra, but in reality, we all are. And so we all need to take shelter of Krishna's instructions in Srimad Bhagavatam and Bhagavad Gita. So would anybody like to add anything to this pastime or instructions? Yes, Prabhu. I was just thinking recently how, well, Dhritarashtra, how he's, you were mentioning a few times how he's just holding on to this position with the hope of, like, his focus is in the wrong place rather than his focus in his old age of, like, self-realization and, and just, like, the, the uh, progression of his consciousness, right? He's focused on this kind of, like, material name and fame, prestige kind of idea. And, uh, and just how that really um, debilitates the living entity. Like, even, in, you know, when the living entity is, is in a body that's of older age and then still like really trying to hold on to something that is very fleeting and it's very debilitating. Um, so I was just kind of reflecting on that just and what to speak of at any age, right? Being being attached to just kind of the external thing which is just you know, falling away. But it's a very debilitating place to be. Yeah, thank you for that. Anyone else have uh, any reflections or questions? Or? Yes, Prabhu. I was wondering, just hearing about like renunciation in this in this theme. I was wondering how does one properly deal with uh, having you know having material ambitions, and how does one properly deal with them without artificially repressing them or you know not really acknowledging them properly? Right. So uh, we uh, we all have uh, different desires and goals and things we'd like to. Uh, achieve and different ambitions. So, uh, through the uh, expert guidance of our spiritual authorities, we uh, reveal our, our um, ambitions, our heart, and our desires, and what we would like to do and accomplish in life, and what goals we want to achieve, and, and how can they be dovetailed in Krishna's service. Right? Some of them may have different ambitions in terms of applying their talents or um, their occupation, whatever. So that needs to be um, guided by our authorities. And, and then it gets purified. So uh, a lot of times you'll meet devotees um, who uh, said, well, yeah, I wanted to be a, a, your grandma's, right? He said he wanted to be a musician. You, you want to be a musician. So a lot of devotees, right, they'll, they'll say, yeah, I wanted to be a musician. Or some of them just say, yeah, I want to be a rock star. <laughs> or maybe they already were. Like, you know, Jayadev from England. He was in a so-called famous group. And so, you know, they had their ambitions. And then I remember Jayadev from uh, England, he was saying, 
And he, he was so happy when he heard about Krishna consciousness and how he could dovetail his talents as a singer and musician. He, he thought, wow, this is for me, <laughs> this Krishna consciousness, because I can do what I like to do, and I can do it for God, for Krishna. So he, he really appreciated that. So he, he uh, embraced Krishna consciousness because all his ambitions could be dovetailed. So, yeah, so the devotees guided him, and now he's guided his children in uh, doing the same, singing, music, you know, like that. So, uh, anything you would like to add about that, Guru? About uh, taking shelter of your Guru Maharaj or the temple authorities and, and the instructions of Shiva Prabhupada for applying what you would like to do in, in your Krishna consciousness? Does it seem feasible? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't seem feasible. I guess just a quick follow-up was, uh, I was wondering, are there certain material ambitions that, that just aren't possible to dovetail in Christian service, or is everything theoretically possible to, to dovetail? Well, we want to do what's favorable, and so there's a lot of things that aren't very favorable, right? So uh, we don't want to do like all these different illegal things, and maybe, you know, wanted to earn a lot of money through drug deals and <laughs> So we want to accept what's favorable, because there are a lot of things that won't be favorable, right? I mean, we could continue if we were just uh, adamant about it, but, and, and you would hope maybe in some future life or whatever, or in this lifetime, you get the mercy of the devotees to uh, help you uh, take a more favorable direction. But there, there are a lot of things that you would pretty much want to just drop. It won't, it won't help. Main thing is the consciousness that's not favorable, right? So in, in your desires and ambitions and goals, you want to purify your consciousness so that um, when you're endeavoring in those um, in your activities to achieve those ambitions and goals, then you, you're doing it in the proper consciousness. Right? So that, that you, you could say that's the main thing you want to do is purify your consciousness and then whatever you're doing according to um, direction of, of those who are guiding you, then it will, uh, it will be successful. Anyone else have anything more to uh, help the Buddha, the Sanyash Guru understand that? From your own realizations? What would you say for them? I remember one time Sunan Priya was telling me, uh, or he told us at the Dharma that some of the effect of uh, for you to to really work, the vairagya has to be first and foremost. So we have to first be like detached from something before we can then like use it in Christian service. And then I, I understood that to be like the ideal. And I guess from my realization, I'm realizing that um, I was talking about 
the third chapter of Bhagavad Gita, Karma Yoga, the other day with Harshan, and we were talking about how, what does that actually mean, like, in today's context? Because Karma Yoga, you know, being able to offer the results of one's activities, and, and a lot of Karma Yoga, too, is that I'm attached to something, but I'm going to do it, I'm going to connect it with Krishna. Um, so it's kind of, I'm thinking about just like the, the intention, I think, I feel like using something in Christian service uh, can be practical, but it also can be very subtle too. And, and, and what is the ideal that I'm working towards? Um, and, and what am I using in Christian service? And what is my intention? And even what is my intention of my intention? Right? Like, so like where, you know, in the, in the deep parts of my heart, like what I really want to do, even though I may like materially be really attached to something, or material be kind of uh, invested in the results, but it's that like kind of getting clear with my intention of I want to do this for Krishna, and I, you know, eventually. Uh, and if I am very attached to something, Krishna, like I want to get over this, and so please help me purify this by you know offering it to you. And if and if it's not helpful, or if I see it's not helpful, please like give me the strength to to move beyond it. Yeah, so always being introspective, always under guidance and always uh, trying to be honest and uh, fine-tune, you know, as you're going along. Thank you. Okay, so it's a little after nine, so uh, thank you so much. Uh, we'll stop here. All glories to Srimad Bhagavatam. All glories to Srimad Prabhupada.